Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Perfectionist Podcast. We are once again coming back and going to hit some really cool topics today, or I guess one really cool topic with a bunch of subtopics. Um, welcome to the channel, Mr. Daniel Akinpelu. Hi, everybody. Daniel, who are you? I <laughs> am a man. <laughs> <laughs> I am Andrea's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. As of the 16th of October. <laughs> and um, I am a music artist and a recording and mixing engineer. That's a fancy term for someone who helps make and record music uh, at a church called Bellevue Baptist Church. And uh, yeah, basically sums up my, myself. Your entire life in yeah. those couple of words. Yeah. And what is one fun fact about yourself? One fun fact about myself is that I am double jointed in both of my, in all of my fingers and in both of my shoulders. That's weird. Okay. Oh, thanks. <laughs> also loved. <laughs> you are. Moving on. So today's topic is shallow Christianity. Um, and we're just going to kind of dive into a couple passages here going into like what authentic Christianity versus shallow Christianity looks like um, and how you can spot that in yourself and in others around you that you allow to influence you. And so... Today, Daniel, you have a couple um, passages here that you wanted to dive into. So what is authentic Christianity? That's kind of what we're going to dive into today. Right. So um, I think really to first kind of discuss what shallow Christianity means, I think it's really important to first define what authentic Christianity actually is. So the two passages that we've pulled up are Colossians 3, um, 5 to 10, uh, 12 to 17, and also just reading out of Galatians 5 um, from basically 16, verse 16 to 26. Uh, so starting in Colossians 3, I'm going to read just a little bit of it and then we can talk about it some more. Um, but there's kind of a list off. It starts with, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, or sorry, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Yeah, so those are some really cool, like, there's so many, like, sermons that you could pull out of those couple of verses. Um, And so I think we have um, a couple just points that we found in these here let's see which ones you read all the way to i just read yeah to 10 okay so out of those verses like what are some main points there that you see authentic christians like or even not authentic christians like what would you summarize those verses for the listeners so really i think i think the best way to kind of categorize those verses is by saying that it demonstrates that or sorry authentic um, Christianity reflects the heart of Christ. Like, I think a lot of these things that are outlined in the first couple of verses uh, in Colossians 3 really sum up the heart of Christ, honestly. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty straightforward. Like, he wasn't ang- he wasn't operating in anger all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. He had righteous anger, but that's a yeah. kind of a different, completely different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't wrathful. He didn't slander others around him. He was careful and respectful with mm-hmm. the things that he said he didn't have any obscene obscene talk like he didn't lie like he just kind of yeah. he stuck to all these different these different practices 
Yeah, I like how that um, kind of goes to verses 9 and 10. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. So that's like we're being renewed. We are created in God's image. So right. that kind of goes back to being in the image of Christ right. as well. Um, I really love that. And then the next verse is here. Um, we have 12 underlined. Right. Um, do you want to read that? Do you want me to? Yeah, no, I, can, I totally got it. Okay. Um, so... Verse 12 says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, this is verse 13, bearing with not one another, and if one has a complaint against the other, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Uh, and then 14 is kind of like a summary passage that says, and above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And so uh, the next thing that I think is really important that defines authentic Christianity is that authentic Christianity mirrors the one who chose us. So if God has chosen us and we are chosen by him, mm -hmm. as uh, verse 12 says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, then we should mirror him, yeah. the one who chooses. That's so rich and so good. Um, this is really a tough one. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And I think that's so hard to do. Yeah. Um, that's just like straight facts right there. And like we don't even need to dive into it because it's just so black and white. Like forgive and love and yeah. get along with each other. Have unity. Um, and that's authentic Christianity because a lot of times we'll see in like churches and it's sad to say, but there are a lot of Christians who hold grudges against each other and who refuse to forgive each other because of petty things. And it's just, it's not authentic. And it leads, leaves out um, the authenticity of Christ and kind of makes you shallow. And it also like kind of blocks out people who would potentially come to the faith. Yeah. I don't know how to word that very well, but... Um, Deters, deters the yeah, word, deters definitely. people who would come to the faith because they see this shallowness in people and they don't want it. And so authentic Christianity is just love and unity and forgiveness. Yeah. And it's truly, really beautiful. Right. And off that, this is not something that's in the notes, but um, I think oftentimes from those who are outside of the church looking in at believers, one big thing that they, that they say and point out is that we're a bunch of like, uh, we contradict ourselves. Like we're a mm -hmm. bunch of... Um, Hypocrites. Uh, hypocrites, yes, hypocrisy. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think, I think if in all actuality we loved one another as we're commanded to, as authentic Christians should, um, and we do like what verse 13 says, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. Mm -hmm. And we remember that we each individually need that same grace that we need to extend to other people, then a lot of that hypocrisy would go away. I mean, yeah. it wouldn't be present. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a huge mark of authentic Christians. It is. Um, and it goes back to like, he lists off several traits, compassion, kindness, and humility. I think humility is really what it takes to like be non-hypocritical. Yeah. Because um, if you're humble, then you can see those traits a lot easier in yourself. It's not easy as in the flesh accepts it well. Right. It's still really hard. But um, also if you're striving to be humble and putting others above yourself, then that leaves a way for authentic Christianity. Um, whereas if you're more prideful and thinking about just yourself, then you're going to be more shallow just naturally. Right. Um, and I think, let's see, verse 16 is the next point we have here. Right. 
Um, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Mm. So we have in this next point, um, authentic Christianity imbues God's word. And so um, I had a little vocab lesson this morning. (laughs) Could you remind me again what imbue means? Yeah, basically it is to be completely indwelt with something. So authentic Christian Christians hide God's word in their heart. And from the tone of this, this verse, verse 16, um, it sounds like from that study of God's word, from hiding it in their heart, it, it literally just naturally flows in casual, in casual conversation regularly. Like the way that mm-hmm. this is communicated is that it should be a lifestyle. You should be greeting one another with a holy kiss. That's, that's out of Colossians three, but, um, it says teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, in all wisdom, like as a regular practice, mm-hmm. singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So authentic Christianity is just a reflection of one's heart, like really at the end of the day. Yeah. And if you're hiding God's word in your heart, then that your natural response is going to be to, to lift others up mm-hmm. and to greet one another with psalms and hymns. Yeah. And I think that's just really cool because if you are able to live in the spirit and I notice times in my life when I'm really close to God, like the spirit will be, and I have his word hidden in my heart. Uh, he'll just lay on me like a word of encouragement for someone. And it's literally so amazing. And people have done it to me. They'll be like, text me or call me and say, hey, God had me on my heart. Is there anything I can pray for you? And I think, right. and Daniel does this a lot too. He asks if he can pray for anything specific for me. And I think that's just something we should do as believers for everyone we come across, like, even your waiter, your waitress, whoever you run across, like if the spirit is in you and you're dwelling with God and imbued with God's word, you're going to be more in tune to the Holy Spirit moving. And it's just amazing to see what God can do when you are open to that. Let's see. And the last little uh, verse here, well, not little, um, that was here, well, not little, um, that we have highlighted in this specific passage for this topic is Colossians 3.17. Do you want to read that? Sure, yeah. So, fun fact, this is actually my life verse. It was my lock screen for the longest time, but it says, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Yeah, and so um, what you had drawn out of that this morning was authentic Christianity is when our motives are informed by Christ. And so what does that mean, like, your motives behind things? What do you mean by that? So, okay, so it's kind of interesting like even if you're doing all of the right things like you're saying the things you're supposed to be saying your actions are basically what you think they should be like what they ought to be as a Chris, as a christian if your actual motives the reason behind why you're doing those things are still rooted in pride then it's yeah. not it's not authentic christianity it's just mm-hmm. you going through the motions and i think i think that really plagues the the modern church I honestly agree. yeah it gets so easy to get caught up in the go to church on Sunday cycle. Um, and that's the only scripture reading you get, which is great. We should all go to church. We're not supposed to forsake the body of believers. Right. But also it's a lot more than that. It's a relationship, not just a routine. And yes, you should bring Christ into your routine, but also you need that relationship with Christ. And um, you really need that to change your motive and to let God move the desires of your hearts and lead to the desires of your hearts. Right. And kind of going back to verse 16, like if the, like you were basically just saying, like if the word of God is, is dwelling in your hearts, then it's going to change your motives. You know, mm-hmm. like now that you're being regenerated, you're no longer yeah. the same creation. 
that will naturally just shift. It'll it, mm -hmm. it's a it's a process, and it, you know sanctification is a process. Yeah. But the more that you dwell and walk with Christ, the more those motives will change. Mm -hmm. You take off your old self and put on your new. Right. As it said earlier in the chapter, I think. Um, so that's kind of what we have for that Colossians. I highly recommend that you guys study, and if you um, get a chance and have a Bible near you after this, go and read uh, all of Colossians three. It's just so full of good and amazing stuff. And then in parallel with that. Um, so we went over authentic Christianity reflects the heart of Christ, um, and it imbues God's word, and it's motivated. Motiva motives are informed by Christ, so we see that we're supposed to have Christ in us. And what happens when we have Christ in us, and when we're walking in the Spirit? I think we've got Galatians um, next. Yes. That kind of parallels to that. Yeah. What verse do we start off on? Uh, I think we have sixteen. Oh, yeah, 1 and then 16. Yeah, 1 yeah. first and then 16. Right. So uh, just a quick kind of aside before getting to 16. Verse 1 talks about, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. So I think, um, I think I pointed this out to you earlier, is that one mark of authentic Christianity is that you're no longer submitting to the sins that you were once held captive to before mm -hmm. Christ. So if you have come to Christ and you've put your faith in him, but that's not really fostering any life change, then I I would challenge you to, to really look at your faith and see if you yeah. really do be, believe that Jesus is Lord and that you love him. Mm -hmm. And like, I completely believe that you can like get saved at a young age and then just grow apart from Christ because life moves on and life gets crazy. Right. Um, but like, you can always rededicate and come back to Christ. Uh, when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. And right. so I highly encourage James you, yeah, to... So what was that? I said James 4. Yeah. So I highly encourage you to like check yourself and constantly be checking and um, evaluating your own spiritual life as well. So uh, then we move on to verse 16. Yep. And I can read that really fast. Okay. Um, oh, I'm in the ESV version. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. That's totally cool. Cool. Uh, verse 16 says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. By the way, please ignore my puppy in the background. He is currently barking. Uh, but anyways, uh, verse 17 says, For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And I'll continue on just a little bit. Uh, here is a, a little list, again, of works of the flesh. From verse 19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgy, orgies, and uh, and things like these. Uh, so that's kind of that whole list. And then soon after, it goes into the fruits of the Spirit. But we can talk about that in just a second. Yeah, so I think that... Um... I love how he just, like, lists it all out. This is straightforward. It's in a list. I love lists. Um, <laughs> he's like, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Uh, the NIV says obvious. That one, uh, ESV says evident, I think. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you can see it. You can visually see these fruits. It's not something that you have to discern or you have to really study. It's obvious. Right. Um, and so sexual morality, we kind of all get that impurity kind of debauchery, idolatry. Um, they're all kind of like self-evident. You can kind of get what they're saying. Um, but I did have a question on idolatry. Like I don't bow down to an idol anymore. Like how are some ways we can apply some of these um, fruits and see them obviously in our current culture today? 
I think within our culture, people around our age specifically, those who kind of grew up on social media, things like that, I think some idols that are pretty prevalent are just like our phones and Instagram and not really Facebook, Twitter. <laughs> Maybe Facebook's for some of the older people. <laughs> uh, Hating on the grandmas out here. Well, I'm not trying to. Mom's going to listen to this and be like, you call me a grandma? Uh, no, I'm not calling you a grandma. I'm not, I promise. Um, but I think oftentimes, like, there's this huge temptation to put identity in social media, whether mm-hmm. that's, like, how many followers you have, like, how many likes you get on a picture, that kind of deal. Yeah. Um, and I think... That becomes an idol without yeah. us really realizing it. And I think one way that, like, you can recognize if it's an idol is, like, if it's, one, consuming just an, amount, an absurd amount of your time, and two, is, like, if you're trying to not, if you're trying to distance yourself from it, mm-hmm. and that's, like, genuinely a challenge for you, then I think that that points to a deeper heart issue. Yeah, I agree. And also, like, if you're on there, and this goes to the next, there's a couple more envy, mm-hmm. um, when you envy someone else, you see someone else and you're like, I want that relationship. I want that. And like in your heart, it actually makes you hurt. Like, I mean, we all want stuff, but envy, I feel like is a little bit deeper than just wanting something. It's like you almost hate that person because they have it and you don't have it. Right. And so that's one way you can like evaluate yourself if you see any of these things in yourself. Mm. Um, and like idolatry is a lot more subtle today yeah, than it was sure. um, way back when, when they were actually worshiping and sacrificing to these idols. Like it's a lot more subtle and it's one thing that you may not be able to see in others or someone can't see it in you in the background right. or like looking in, right. but you but can kind of see it in yourself. Absolutely. And like, if you think about it, like what idolatry actually is, it's like, it's ultimately giving worship to something else that's not God. Yeah. And so even though it was much more apparent in those days when they were sacrificing and giving worship to false idols, like in the same way, we worship celebrities, you know, like we yeah. worship people that, that we, that we appreciate. And in a way we worship ourselves when we're constantly on social mm-hmm. media. Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest ways that the devil has gotten in here. So I highly recommend that you go through and study each of those for yourself and, like, really evaluate yourself and what consumes your time because you can see those actions very clearly in yourself. Um, And then moving on to something a little bit happier, a little less heavy, (laughs) what are the fruits of the Spirit? Yeah, the fruits of the Spirit. They're not a coconut. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I learned earlier that that was a Bible Kids song. Yes. (laughs) Um, but starting from verse 22, Galatians 5:22, it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. I think that's very straightforward. Um, now this is another one that you can definitely see from the outside. Like you can tell if a person has the spirit just by their countenance, by, The vibes they give off would be our current day language for that. Like, (laughs) are they loving? Are they joyful? Like, are they at peace? You can tell if someone's Do they have good energy? (laughs) Yeah, do they have good vibes? Like, you can seriously tell it. You can make eye contact with someone almost and, like, be able to just know that they're happy and at peace and content. And you can see kindness very clearly and goodness, faithfulness, like, are they faithful in getting to know people, like, getting to know God and right. getting to share his word? Like, are they faithful in this? Um, in gentleness and self-control, gentleness is just, like, kindness. And when someone's back-talking or talking bad about someone behind their back, like, just gently saying, hey, look, this is this is gossip. Let's mm. turn it around. Like, 
and also self-control. Yeah, self-control is a big one. Like, it's so obvious. And it goes down to simply, like, food, even. We were talking yeah, about this the other day. Yeah. Like, the... I don't want to, like, you know, this is going to step on some toes, but obesity, yes, some people have, like, diseases, and I get that. But, like, obesity is a lack of self-control, essentially, when you can't control your, like, desire to eat and yeah. consume. And it. we were talking about how fitness is, like, actually... A good thing and it's like godly yeah. to be able to control yourself and i'm not saying that you have to work out every day but do you want to touch on self-control a little bit there um and say what good self-control looks like sure i mean i think i think really um healthy self-control is taking every desire really and submitting it to the lord mm-hmm. um and when that's not done correctly correctly let me enunciate a little more uh things like obesity kind of come into into the picture or like addiction you know yeah. things like that and that can be addiction to your phone yes um but that can also be addiction to alcohol or like porn or mm-hmm. whatever else um and so yeah. And self-control is something that has to be developed. Like yeah. it is a fruit of the spirit. So if you have the spirit in you and you are, it kind of goes, it goes hand in hand. You are routinely and like self-controlled enough to, um, disciplined enough to like be yeah. studying scripture every day and being in the word and talking with Christ and community with Christ daily. And then the spirit will fill you and, yeah. um, help you more. And the fruit of that will be self-control in other areas of our lives, such as eating, um, what videos we watch, our phones, like, I think that is, yeah. it's just really cool how those go hand in hand. You gotta have to have some discipline. You have to discipline yourself to get to this point, honestly, of inviting the spirit in, and that takes a lot of humility. Yeah. And also, like, I think one thing that I th- is important to say is that, like, this discipline in doing all these good things and, so- and like, in controlling yourself, that's not necessarily, it's not, I mean, it's not something that comes from you mm-hmm. because your flesh wants these things. Yes. It's something that needs to come from a genuine love of God mm-hmm. that draws you to study his word more and spend more time with him. And then from that love that you have for him and that time that you spend with him, from those things, you will be given the self-control to, like, you know, even work out more, to take mm-hmm. care of your body, yeah. to watch what you eat, to monitor how you spend your time and see mm-hmm. if it's appropriate and it reflects your love for Jesus. Yeah. I love that. Um, and then it's got two closing verses that are really, really, or three closing verses, I guess, that are really good. Do you want to read 24 through 26? Yeah. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Ooh, dropping the mic there. Um, so that's just... It's very straightforward. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Um, So crucifying your flesh, you're not actually taking a knife and stabbing yourself. At least that's not what I think that means. You're not. Have you been stabbing yourself this whole time? Maybe I need to do that so that I can get more of the fruits of the spirit. (laughs) Maybe we should have a conversation. (laughs) I think we might. Um... So what do you? What does it mean to crucify the flesh? Mm. Like our flesh has been crucified with Christ. Mm. I think really it's just, it's dying to those desires. Mm-hmm. You know, like completely putting them off. Yeah. Can I that's do that a, on my own? No, absolutely not. That's something that you need to do by the Spirit. Exactly. Only by the Spirit. Love that. Our, um, I have a note in my Bible here. It says, "Our flesh, my flesh has already been crucified with Christ. Like on the cross, mm. 
Christ took all my sins. On the cross, Christ broke those chains. Right. It's not up to me. And I've been, I don't know, some of y'all know me pretty well. Some of you know me just by social media and word of mouth. Um, maybe some of that's not good word of mouth, but some of y'all know me. And I've been struggling so with humility lately. That's a big lesson God has taught me in the past couple of months. Um, and I've had some super cool mentors kind of walk me through that with a lot of good resources. So if you want some resources on that, you feel convicted about pride, let me know and I'll give you some great books to read or listen to. Um, but one of those books was uh, Humility by Andrew Murray. And a couple things he said in that book was at the very end, I was listening to it. I was like, okay, how can I be more humble? How can I be more humble? At the end, he hit me with this big rock was like, you can't be. It's all Christ. Mm. Like That's good. You just, you can't make yourself humble. All you have to do is come to the foot of the cross brokenhearted and Christ will fill you. You got to empty yourself first, um, but you got to invite Christ in. Like you invite Christ in. And another analogy I like is Christ stands at the door and knocks. He doesn't ask you to clean your house first before you let him in. That's so good. And so you might have some of that pride in yourself, but Jesus doesn't care. He's like, let me in anyway. There's enough room for me. I'll help you clean it out. Mm. And so that's really, really cool there. Um, let's see. Let me see my other notes. So in summary, um, how would you summarize like those two passages? What are some questions we can kind of ask ourselves to evaluate whether or not we are living authentic Christianity or if we have become shallow Christians or even people that influence us? Again, this is something that you can use if you are thinking about dating someone if you're surrounding yourself with uh, types of friends that are going to be a huge influence in your life. Um, this is a really great, some great questions to kind of see, are these authentic questions that I want in my life, like that I will want to take advice from? So what are some questions we can ask ourselves? Um, I think some practical questions are just kind of like rephrasing what we just talked about, honestly. Um, like, do you mirror Jesus? Well, first off, even to, to see that, do you know who Jesus is? Have you studied his life? Have you studied his ministry? And after doing that, do you mirror him? I think I think that's great. Um, do you know God's word? Like, mm -hmm. do you have it memorized? Does it come out of you naturally in conversation? When you find yourself facing difficult situations, is your response scripture? Like, does the Holy Spirit bring scripture to your mind? Yeah. Um, are the things that you're doing, are your actual motives informed by Christ, inf informed by his word as well? Um, another one that um, the college pastor at my church said, just like la just last Sunday, he said, um, do those in your life see the love of Jesus by the way that you love them? And so, That's so good. yeah, it goes back to like, do you actually have the fruits of the spirit? Yeah. One of which is love. Mm -hmm. And so are you actually reflecting Christ just in your day to day walk? Yeah, that is so good. Um, and some of these are like really hard. I know I've been convicted by a lot of these things. Um, even just recently, and it's a continual growth, and sanctification doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. As you said earlier, it's literally yeah. Some things you struggle with for a long time. Yeah. And you kind of have to like die to yourself daily, and choose Christ daily. It's a walk, and it's sometimes where you will stumble. We all will stumble, but the beauty of grace is that Christ died for our stumbles. Christ right. died for us either way, and He loves us either way. Um, and so if you're sitting here thinking. I don't even know where to begin. Like, yeah, you guys, like, this is truth. We read the truth today. And um, if the spirit is like 
convicting you, but you don't know where to start, where is a good place for someone who maybe has grown up in the church, um, but never really like deep in their faith, uh, never was taught how to study scripture, what's a good place for them to start? Like, what's the next step they can take after listening to this podcast, where they can go? Question. We didn't go over this question, so he wasn't prepared. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. Um, I think some good practical next steps are honestly just having an honest conversation with the Lord. I think would be a really, really good one. Like, if you are having doubts or you're or you're not totally certain, um, I think it would be really wise to just sit down and and talk to the Lord and say, like, Lord, am I living? an authentic Christi- a Christian life, or is this just something that I grew up in and, and haven't really taken to heart? And and if you realize that, or he reveals to you that it's not, it hasn't reached your heart, it's just head knowledge, then I think, honestly, the next step would really be confessing him as Lord. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm not, not to say that you aren't saved, but I mean, you may not. I mean, James talks about faith without works is, is basically yeah. useless. Mm-hmm. And that if you're not living out, if you're not living out the commands of the Lord, then you may you may not be saved. Yeah, and that's again something that we can't tell you. Your pastor can't tell you. It's exactly. only you and your heart. And if you know for a fact that you have accepted Christ and you've had that conversation with God, and you still feel like you're drifted, you can always run back to Him. Say absolutely. Like just, just have the honest, hard conversation with God, and He's. A loving father yes Absolutely. he is a god of judgment and he has he's holy and righteous and he has every right to be but he also is a loving father and loves us and wants to care for us so do you have any encouraging words that you would like to leave with our listeners um yes um i i want to remind you that regardless of where you are as romans 8 outlines there's nothing in all of existence that could possibly separate you from the love of God. Regardless of what you've done, regardless of of your of what you're currently struggling through, what you're what you're growing through, regardless of how you see yourself, even if you if you identify yourself as a sinner and you feel as though you can't be saved, there's nothing that can keep you apart from the Lord. And also, uh, I want to encourage you that the walk that we live on this earth or the walk that we that we walk yeah. here on this earth, um, as a Christian, it has to be empowered by the Spirit. And and if you have confessed faith in Christ, then you have the Holy Spirit. And you're not obligated or expected to try to do these things in your own power. Because yeah. you can't. You literally cannot. Mm-hmm. And so, if you have the Spirit, I just want to, I want to encourage you that you, you are far more powerful, powerful than you realize. But that's because you are relying on the Lord's power, not your own. Yeah. And that you can fully operate in that. Yeah. I love that. Um, do you want to say a quick prayer over our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you so much for your word, for this truth that was spoken, Lord. I I just lift up anyone who's listening right now, um, if they are unsure that they are an authentic Christian, Lord, or even if they just want to grow deeper in their faith, Lord, I ask that you would reveal truth to them, that you would just by your spirit reassure them of the promises that you've outlined in your word. Um, I pray that you would challenge them, that you would bring conviction where it's needed, Lord, and that that you would draw them closer to you, deeper into your heart, Lord, and that they would be able to reflect the true love that you've outlined and and exemplified for us through, through your life on earth. I pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. 
Amen. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I've wanted to for a long time. (laughs) Yeah, and you'll probably be on many more in the future. And again, if you're listening to this and have more questions, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or whatever platform you want to. um, And I will try to get back with you. And I would love to help you learn more about this. Um, And Daniel, where can they find you if um, anyone wants to reach out with any questions about anything you've said? Yeah, sure. Uh, you can reach me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at the official IO music. That is like the letter I, the letter O music. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tag you in this um, too on Instagram as well. Sweet. So if you guys have any questions about anything that we've said, feel free to reach out to us. And if you have any topics that you'd like to hear on the Perfectionist podcast, let me know. Thank y'all. See you. Bye.